there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Jonah chapter 3. Let's see what we can do today. Jonah chapter 3. I want you to get time and study Jonah chapter 3. We are now moving from disobedience. We are moving from the consequences of disobedience and we are moving to the next phase of the life of Jonah. And this next phase, it has both good things and bad things. Um, the first thing that we see about Jonah is he becomes obedient to the word of the Lord. And so from verse 1, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh that great city and preach to it the message that I tell you. Now, I want you to understand something here that God repeats the sequence of his calling, of his call upon the life of Jonah. He doesn't change the message. You see, when God calls you and you reject him, he will not change the message. You know, some of you think that if God calls me and then I reject you know, his call upon my life, he will see that he, I have rejected what he wants me to do. And so God will change his message and maybe water it down or make it easy for me. God will not change his message and God will not adjust his call to fit your program. He will not even change, you know, the, uh, the requirements of you know, his call upon your life. What he said, that is exactly what he's going to repeat, you know, and we can see that that is what God is doing here. I mean, the message was the same. He came to him the second time and look at what he did. He told, you know, it's like, it's like, it's a repeat of what happened in, in chapter one. He came with a word, you know, he came. In fact, the Bible says the word of the Lord came to him the second time. The same way God spoke to him, the first time through his word is the same way God is speaking to him this second time. You know, it's still the same word. You know, that's why you need to understand that God will not change his message. God will not change his doctrine. God will not change his word. Whatever he has commanded you, he will never change it. Even if you reject it, even if you ignore it, even if you say that it can never happen, the sequence of God's call upon your life remains unchanged. If he says, this is what I want you to do, even if you don't do it, he will go away for just a period of time, allow you, you know, to go through the motion and the process and the difficulties and the challenges of consequences. And then he will come back and repeat exactly what he said. And I want you to know that sometimes when you hear that God is insisting something, you know, in your life, he's looking for obedience. He's insisting because you did not obey the first time. That's why he keeps on repeating himself. Some people think that when God repeats himself, he has nothing else to say. He has so much to say. But if you can't accept what he has said now, what makes you think you'll accept if he changes and he tells you something different? And so God looks for obedience from you. And God is looking for obedience from us. Hallelujah. And look at what he said again. He said, arise. Just the same same, same things that he said. He said again, arise, you know, and that is exactly what we looked at, you know, at the beginning. He says, arise, you know, come out of that place. I want you to, and then he says, go, go and preach the message, 
that I will give you. It's the same message. God will never dilute his message because of your disobedience. That's very powerful. God will never dilute. That's very powerful. God will never dilute his message because of your disobedience. God will never change his message because of your disobedience. God uh, will not adjust his message you know, because of your rebellion, the message will remain the same. The call will remain the same. The instruction will remain the same. And God, listen to this, God won't change or what God won't give you a new instruction if the last one was not obeyed. Let me say that again. God will never give you a new instruction if the last instruction he gave you, you never obeyed. He will, he will not give you a new instruction if the last one wasn't obeyed. And so I want you to know that it is imperative that you obey what God says so that you can hear something else. If you don't obey what God has said you now, what God has told you now, what God has spoken to you now, I want you to know that the next time he speaks, he's going to reveal the same, same things that he told you. He's going to speak the same, same words. He's going to give you the same, same instruction. He will not change. He will not dilute the message. He will not try and be nice. He will not sugarcoat it. It will be the same, same message. And that is what we are seeing in the life of Jonah. Some of you, you've been hearing the same, same words from God. You've been hearing the same same phrases from God. You've been hearing the same same instructions from God and that and that's why sometimes you get mad. You go to church, you know, and you hear a message and you're like, "Oh my god, this message again." And then you go home and you know, you 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 tune into another preacher. You want to hear what that preacher is going to say. He preaches the same same message again and you go like, "Oh no. This this message again." You know, and then you try, you know, and and let me and and, and say, "Let me go for a fellowship." Uh, uh, and just hear what they are saying and then you hear the same same message again you open the bible you know to read and the spirit of god is like you know you know directs you you know to a verse that emphasizes the same same message look god is trying to tell you something and some of you, even as I speak right now, you can agree with me that even as we began looking at the story of Jonah, God is repeating something here. God is repeating something here. There is a message that God is repeating here. And that is going to form the basis of our theme this month. There is something that God is repeating and I'm going to unveil you unveil it rather in the evening when we meet at Southfield today. Please don't miss 6.30. We shall be meeting at Southfield. So God will always emphasize a message because you have not obeyed. You are stubborn. You are rebellious. And some of you think that he's going to change the message. If God called you to be a pastor, he will not change the message. He will keep on speaking to you. Even if you run away, even if you behave as if you didn't hear what God said, even if you behave as if that was just a message, you know, for your neighbor, he will not change. The next time you want him to speak, you know, when he opens his mouth to speak to you, he will remind you that this is what I want you to do. You know, there are people who say, oh, God doesn't speak to me anymore. God doesn't, you know, reveal himself to me anymore. It's because the last time he revealed himself to you, the last time he spoke to you, you refused to obey his instructions. 
So God says, okay, because you have refused to receive this instruction, I'm not going to speak to you again. I'll just let you deal with what I said. And if you accept what I said and you uh, incline your ear to what I said and align your life to what I said, then I will give you the next instruction. That is the reason some of you don't hear God anymore. He has been speaking to you, but you ignore what he tells you to do. He has been telling you to do stuff, but you ignore it. But look, God will never, I repeat, God will never dilute his message because of your disobedience. God will not change his call upon your life because of your disobedience. He is repeating himself because he wants you to change. And the word of the Lord came upon Jonah the second time. The word of the Lord will come to you the second time, but it will be the same word, it will be the same phrase, it will be the same instruction, it will be the same directive, it will be the same command, and what you need to do is to obey for you to hear something else. My goodness, are you understanding what I'm talking about? For example, if you don't pray, you will hear a lot about prayer. If you don't fast, you will hear a lot about fasting. If you don't give, you will hear a lot about giving. Have you realized the people who complain about giving are the stingiest people on the face of the earth? They have simply refused you know, to, 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 to obey God. They have simply refused to turn, you know, away from their wicked ways. The people who don't live right are really against the message of holiness. It's because it is pricking them. It's, God is repeating himself to them and they are telling, these people are judging us. These people are speaking, are preaching condemnation. I mean, it's because you've refused to change. That's why the message will keep on coming to you left, right, and center. So you have to change. You have to be obedient. And I'm glad that for once we are seeing in this story that was full of hopelessness, that was full of rebellion, that was full of anger. For once we are seeing a positive thing coming out of the life of Jonah. Jonah decided to be obedient to God. My goodness. Look at what the Bible says here. Mm. So, verse 3, so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly great city, a three-day journey next, and then Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be thrown. Uh, shall be overthrown. He obeyed and he went to this city according to the word of the Lord and he proclaimed the message of the Lord. He didn't go there with his own message. Look at his obedience. He went all the way. You know, you can obey and go where God wants you to go, but when you open your mouth, you say what you think you should say. He went to this city. He obeyed and went to this city and he spoke as he was commanded. He declared God's word over the city. For once we are seeing that Jonah is now obedient. Jonah is a good boy. Jonah is a good, a great guy, an obedient, you know, fellow. And he begins to preach. And he begins to preach. He declares the word of God over this city. My goodness. And the anointing is upon him. You see, when you obey, the grace of God will be upon you. When you obey, God will back your word. When you obey, you will see results coming out of obedience. So, <coughs> what do we see? Verse 5. So, the people of Nineveh believed God proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. The word came to the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and laid aside. Even the king responded 
to the to the message that uh, that Jonah brought to this city and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, "Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, test anything." He commanded even the animals to fast. Look at that. Do not let them eat or drink water. And this was a dry fast. All the animals in the country were also fasting. The cow was fasting. You know, the chickens were fasting. The goats were fasting. You know, all the domesticated animals were forced to fast. They were not given food. They were not given pasture. And they were not given, you know, water. Then verse 8, But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. I mean, he covered. Everybody was supposed to be covered in sackcloth, even including animals. Look at that picture in this country. And cry madly to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. There was violence. There was evil in the city. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God, verse 10, then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he will bring upon them, and he did not do it. So I want us to look at something here quickly before we get into um, into prayer. We want to see... Uh, we want to see Nineveh's reaction. That's what I want us to look at here today. Nineveh's reaction. Number one, people believed in God. People in this city believed in God. When Jonah obeyed to go and serve God, when Jonah obeyed to respond to the call of God upon his life, people obeyed God. The city was secularized. The city was wicked. The city was full of violence. The city was full of um, wickedness that reached heaven. God was not happy about the city of Nineveh. There was violence. There was abortion. There was immorality. But let me tell you, when, when Jonah went to this city, the people believed in God. And they not just believed in God, they turned away from their wicked ways. And we'll look at that deeply. But what I want you to see here is that people believed in God. People believed in God. Do you know that we live in a world where people don't believe in God anymore? It's like we are kicking God out of everything. We are kicking God out of our schools. We are kicking God, you know, out of our cities. We are kicking God out of politics. We are kicking God out of business. We are kicking God out of even countries. There are countries you cannot even go and preach. It's like they are kicking God. The country is so secularized that they don't want and they don't want anything, you know, to do with God. The world is becoming and believing the world is becoming you know and believing in all its ways people don't want to hear anything about god you know even our neighborhoods are becoming hostile you know to churches they are becoming hostile you know to the to crusades they are becoming hostile to anything that has to do with god we are we are living in a world that is increasing increasingly rather you know hating god people hate god with passion places you go and you try to talk to somebody about God, they tell you, I don't want to hear anything about God. It's because we live in a world that doesn't want to believe in God. The world that hates God, the world that hates the message of Jesus, the world that hates even 
you know, anything to do with church unless we go, unless we, be, unless we become obedient, you know, to the great commission, unless we become obedient to God's instructions to go out there and talk to those people, they will never believe in God. The people in Nineveh believed in God. Now, it becomes worse, it becomes worse rather, when the people in church are also not believing in God. Have you realized that we have also Christians who doubt God? They are in church, yes, but they doubt God. They are like Thomas, who was around Jesus, but he never really believed, you know, in the ministry of Jesus. He kept on doubting so many things. Even when he was told that Jesus had resurrected, you know, he didn't really uh, he didn't really believe it, you know. Uh, he doubted. In fact, he said, there's a day, you know, when Jesus was going to resurrect uh, Lazarus, he said, let us go so that we may die with him. Because he knew that if this thing backfires, I mean, people are going to stone, to stone them, you know. So there are believers who are unbelieving. They don't really believe in God. It is the world that we live in. It is the world that we live in. And we have to pray today that as believers, we may believe in God. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 to 4. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Scoffers will come, and we have scoffers even within church circles. They don't really believe in God. There are people who have gone through stuff. They have gone through uh, stagnation in their lives. They have faced challenges in their lives. And they are believers. They have faced frustration. And they are faith has been shaken and they're kind of not really believing in God. You know, there are Christians who are very bitter. They're in the church, but they're bitter. There are Christians who are in the church, but behave like Thomas. You know, they're scoffers. Sometimes when you say God is able to bless, hmm, they look at you and say, hmm, yeah, this is a good statement. It's a psychological consolation. Or God is going to give you, you know, children. They're like, hmm, really? Uh, uh, okay, okay, let's see if it's going to happen. Oh, God is going to lift you. God is going to promote you. You're going to buy your own land. You're going to buy your own house. And they look at you and they're like, yeah, 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 it's a good statement. It's a good phrase. I've heard that. I've believed and it never happened. And they're kind of, you know, skeptical. They're scoffing at what God says. They don't really believe, you know, 100%. They believe like 10%, but they don't believe 100%. We have to pray this morning that we shall be believing. We shall become like the inhabitants of Nineveh, when they heard the message, when they heard the word, when they heard the message of God through Jonah, they believed in God. Do you believe in God? I'm asking you this morning, do you really believe in God? Really, really believe in God? Deep down your heart, in your heart of hearts, do you believe in God? Do you believe that God is able? Do you believe that God is able to turn your situation around? Do you believe that God is able, you know, to bless you financially? Do you believe that God is able to give you children? I know you've been waiting upon the Lord to give you children. You're married and you don't have children. Do you believe that God can give you children? Do you believe that you can get married? I know you've been waiting for years, you know, to get a, a, a life partner. But do you believe because some of us, we have come to a place where our faith has been shaken. We have reached a place where, yes, we believe, but it's 10%. It used to be 100%. Then as you kept on waiting and nothing is happening, it dropped to 90%. Then dropped to 80%. Then dropped to 50%. Now you're operating at 
10%. Some are even, you know, 1%. Do you really believe in God? Do you believe that God is able? Do you believe that God is able to change your situation? Do you believe that God is able to turn your situation around? Do you believe that God can unleash a miraculous event in your life? Do you believe that God is able to heal your incurable diseases? You, you, you have gone to the doctor and the doctor has said, this thing is going to kill you. But do you believe that God can heal you and restore you to health? Do you believe, I'm asking you this morning, do you really believe? Do you believe in prayer? Do you believe in fasting? Do you believe in Christianity? Do you even believe in tithing? You, do you believe in tithing? You know, let me tell you, let, 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 let's just be real. Do you really believe in tithing? Because if you believed in tithing, you will be tithing without anybody following you up. Do you believe in giving of offerings? Do you believe in building the church? Do you believe in serving God? If you believed in serving God and you believe that this is what the Bible says, you could be serving God. Why are you seated in church doing nothing? Yet the word tells you to serve God. Do you believe? I'm talking to people here because many of us, we call ourselves believers, but we don't believe. We don't believe. That's why we don't practice Christianity. We don't believe in the things that the word of God says. You know, we don't believe. Do you believe in fasting? Why are you not fasting? Do you believe? Do you believe in living a holy life? Why are you sleeping around? If you believe in living a holy life, why are you sleeping around? Why are you compromising? Why are you stealing? Why are you lying? You know, why are you taking advantage of people? Do you really believe? Are you a believer? There are many believers in church. When you look at their lives, you will see that they don't believe a hundred percent. They don't believe a hundred percent. They believe only, you know, certain things, certain things that are soothing, certain things that are nice, certain things that massage their ego, but they don't believe the entire counsel of God. Do you believe? The Bible says when Jonah preached in this city, they believe. Do you believe all the messages that your pastor is preaching to you every Sunday? Do you believe all the teachings that the pastor is giving you every Sunday? Some of you have gone through discipleship program. You have gone through the word of God. You have been taught. You have sat under your pastor. He has taught you so many things in the discipleship program, but you don't believe in everything that you have been taught. Yet everything that you've been taught has been drawn, has been picked, has been pulled out of the Bible, but you don't really believe it. Do you believe in marriage? Because some don't even believe in marriage. Do you believe in loving your wife? Because some don't even believe in loving their wives. You are a Christian and you are beating your wife. That is not love. Do you believe in submitting to your husband? Some of you are wives, but you're not submitted to your husband. You are a crazy woman who has an independent mind doing your own things and you don't care do you really believe are you a believer my goodness i'm getting to your street right now i'm not just talking about miracles do you believe the bible says that the people in nineveh believed in the message of jonah do you really believe in the teachings of your pastor in the teachings of your shepherd if you believed in the teachings of your shepherd you could be doing everything that your shepherd is teaching you if he teaches you on serving God, you will be serving God. If he teaches you on prayer and fasting, you'll be praying and fasting. If he taught you on giving, you'll be giving generously. If he taught you on tithing, you'll be tithing generously. If he taught you on loving your wife, you'll be teaching, you'll be loving your wife, I mean wholeheartedly. Do you believe? I'm asking you a question this, this morning.
do you really, really believe? And we're going to pray that God may actually forgive us for being unbelievers. Be you, you are a believing unbeliever. May God forgive us for being believers who are unbelieving. May God have mercy on us for not believing in his word, for not believing in his teaching, for not believing in what he has spoken to us. My goodness, I've, I, I have to rush here. Secondly, what we see here is national repentance. National repentance. The Bible says that the king repented. The animals repented. Everybody was supposed to wear sackcloth and ashes and repented. Everybody repented. Everybody turned to God. I pray that one day we will see national repentance in this city and genuine repentance, not cosmetic, not for the cameras, not so that people may see that we are doing something. Real national repentance, not because we are in a crisis. I remember the president asked people to pray because there was COVID-19. Then after that, then after that, then after that, we're waiting for a crisis to trigger national repentance. I wish he maintained that. And we need to see, we need to see, we need to pray that God will give us a president. God will give us a leader. God will give us leaders who will initiate national repentance at all levels, at the county level, you know, at the national level, in the name of Jesus. God will give us leaders who will, who will, who will. I'm telling you, look, let me tell you, let us come to a place where we move, we move out of this tribe thing. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's our people. Oh, it's our person. Oh, it's our people. We need a leader who can trigger national repentance. It doesn't matter his tribe. I've gotten to a place where I don't care who sits on that seat. I want somebody who can bring God in this nation. I want somebody who can bring the presence of God over this nation. This nation needs God. This nation needs God. We need God in Kenya. We need the presence of God in Kenya. We need the power of God in Kenya. We need God to change people's hearts because when their hearts are changed, when the leaders' hearts are changed, when the leaders' hearts are broken, when people are broken, I'm telling you, this country will move forward. Corruption will be a thing of the past because their hearts have been changed. If a heart of a man has not been changed, it doesn't matter the structures you put into place. They have a way of manipulating structures so they can be able to fulfill their own corrupt agenda. I'm telling you, I wish I was speaking to the entire nation. It is high time for Christians to wake up. It is high time for believers to wake up. Ask yourself, the person that you're going to elect, the person that you're going to put into office, is he going to initiate national repentance? Is he going to cause this nation to turn to God? Is he going to cause the church to grow and be stronger? Or is he going to ensure that all the wickedness, all the bad things that have been taking place in our city continue? That is what we need to ask ourselves. Look, God is looking at you. God is looking at you as a child of God. The Bible calls us ambassadors. We have to pray and also we have to do the right thing and ensure that we get leaders who can be able to bring God in this nation. There was national repentance. There was national repentance. I wish I can have a governor who can rally this city to a place of prayer. Not once, every year, every now and then. I wish I can have a president who can initiate national repentance over this country. I wish I can have, you know, 
uh, MCS who can mobilize their area, you know, for prayer, national repentance and pray and ask people to turn towards God and cause all the animals, you know, not to eat for a day so that everybody may call upon the name of Jesus for mercy, for grace, for forgiveness to be released upon this nation. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't play politics. We can't play politics. Let us be serious. God has placed our generation in our hands. We can't play politics. We can't play, you know, tribalism. We can't play all these things that I see us playing during elections. It is time that we can get leaders. We can get leaders who can initiate national repentance over this nation. Genuine national repentance over this journey. The Bible says everybody repented, including animals. The dogs were not eating. Cats were not eating. Lions were not eating. They were not even drinking water. Water was kept away from the animals. Food was kept away from the animals and they had to repent. And we are going to cry out to God. We are going to stand in the gap and cry out to God and pray and seek God and pray for, for God to have mercy on the nation of Kenya. We have to pray and ask God to have mercy on the nation of Kenya. Because let me tell you, if we don't pray, the devil will take over this country. Look, Nineveh. Nineveh had the potential of having godliness in that society. But because, you know, the good guys like Jonah, the good guys like Jonah, the Christians like Jonah were not praying, were not reaching out to the city. The city became wicked. The city became so wicked until the wickedness, the Bible says, reached the heavens. We must stand in the gap for this nation. We must stand in the gap for this nation. My goodness, we have to pray. We have to pray right now. We have to pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ. God has to save our nation. God has to save this country. There are Jonas who are not doing the right thing. There are Jonas here who are not doing the right. They are not praying. They are playing politics when we are losing our country. They are playing politics, tribalism when we are losing our country. It is high time we wake up as children of God before we lose this nation. It's high time we become serious, put our knees down and do the right thing. Vet our leaders. Will this person bring national repentance in this nation? Will this person encourage the growth of the church? Will this person encourage the growth of Christianity in this country? Will this person bring godliness in this nation? And I want you to know I'm not campaigning for anyone. I'm preaching the word of God here. It is time for Christians to wake up and be serious. Because if we don't do so, I'm telling you, the wickedness of our nation will reach the heavens. And God will unleash judgment. You see what God wanted to do over the city of Nineveh? He can do it over and over and over again. We have to pray. And we have to seek the face of God. I want you to take a place of prayer right now. And I want you to cry for masses for this nation. I want you to pray. There are many bad things that are taking place in this nation. Poor governance, hatred, corruption, 
you know, bloodshed, violence, injustice, all these things. I want you to raise up your voice right now and begin to pray. I want us to intercede for this nation for the next few minutes that we are left with. Come on, lift up your voice where you are and begin to intercede, begin to cry, begin to pray for this nation in the name of Jesus. Oh God, Lord, we pray this morning. Come on, lift your voice wherever you are. I need to hear you in the spirit. I want us to stand in the gap in the spirit and pray over this nation right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, like Jonah, we go to our Nineveh, we go to our cities, we go to our nations and we begin to cry, we begin to cry, we begin to cry, we begin to cry over this nation, oh God. Father, we go to every village, to every city, to every town in the spirit right now. We step in every corner of this nation and Lord, we are crying out for mercy. We are crying out for forgiveness. We stand in the gap on behalf of this nation. Father, there has been wickedness in this nation. There has been bloodshed in this nation. Father, there has been injustices over this nation. Father, I, 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 we, we pray today that even as we stand in the gap, that your eyes of mercy, goodness, and, and forgiveness will look upon the nation of Kenya in the name of Jesus. There has been a lot of bad things taking place over this nation. Disregard of the law turning away from God, hostility against godliness, secularism, sin and witchcraft. We pray today, Lord, that may you have mercy over the nation of Kenya in the name of Jesus. We stand in the gap like Jonah, who stood in the gap on behalf of Nineveh, and he brought a message that was able to save this country. I pray, oh God, today, may you save this country through our prayer. Save this country from bad leadership. Save this country from violence. Save this country from the power of witchcraft. Save this country, oh God, from the shedding of innocent blood in the name of Jesus. Send this, save this country from bad governance by giving us good leaders in the name of Jesus. This morning, oh God, I stand as a prophet over this nation and I pray oh God that even as we prepare to get into elections, I pray oh God that you will give us leaders who will initiate national repentance over this city, over this country, over, over, over villages and towns in this nation. In the name of Jesus, we pray oh God that this time it will not just be about voting but this time Lord it will be about giving us the right people giving us the right leaders who will be able to create an environment that will be conducive for national repentance, that people may turn towards you, that godliness may be entrenched. Oh yes, in the name of Jesus, that is our prayer today, Lord. That is our prayer today, oh God. We pray that you will give us leaders all the way from the top to the bottom who will be who will be in love with God, who will be in love with you, who will be in love with your word. In the name of Jesus, you will give us leaders who will be sold out. Yes, for God, in the name of Jesus, they will encourage godly virtues. They will encourage godliness over this city, over this town, over this nation. In the name of Jesus, they will encourage the good things that we see, oh God, happening in the city of Nineveh after the visit of 
of Jonah in the name of Jesus. Those are the people that, oh Lord, we pray you may give us. Those are the leaders we pray you may give us in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that may you influence this election. Father, I pray, come and influence these elections. Come and influence this election to go your direction in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, it will not be the will of man this time round. It will be your will in the name of Jesus Christ because you will give us leaders. You will give us people that are going to move this nation towards God in the name of Jesus. You will give us leaders that are going to move this nation towards godliness and righteousness in the name of Jesus. That is our prayer. That is our desire, Lord. That is our prayer, Lord. We have seen what politics can do to a country, but this time we want to see what you can do. Oh yes, over a country. We want to see. We want to see. We want to see. Father, we invite you. Influence this election. Influence this election. We want to see your will. We want to see your will be done. We want to see your will be done. We want to see your will be done. We want to see you, O oh God. We want to see your hand. We want leaders, Lord. We want leaders, Lord, who will move this country towards godliness. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And Lord, we repent. We repent for pride. We repent because of pride. We repent, oh God, for many times we have turned away from you. We repent because of the innocent blood that has been shed on our streets. We repent for people who have disappeared, oh God, because they have been murdered. We repent, oh God, because of unresolved murders that have taken place in this nation. In the name of Jesus, we repent because of abortion that is taking place. Yes, 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 yes. And right under our noses, we repent, oh God. God, because of any form of wickedness that has been taking place in this country. We repent, oh God, because of the prostitution that is in this nation. We stand in the gulp and we pray, oh God, have mercy. We repent because of the sexual perversion that has been taking place in this nation. People going with animals, people going with animals, men to men, women to women, homosexuality. We pray, oh God, but may you you have mercy on us. Forgive this nation. Forgive this. Forgive us, oh God, for, for, for uh, because of the sin of drunkenness. People drinking until, oh God, they don't even know where they are. We pray that may you forgive us in the name of Jesus. Forgive us for witchcraft. People participating in witchcraft. Even Christians participating in witchcraft. Lord, we ask that may you forgive us. May you forgive us. May you forgive us. May you remove this sin. May you remove Remove this iniquity from this country, from this nation. May you avert the consequences of sin and destruction that was to come over this nation because of the iniquity, because of the wickedness that is in this country. I pray, oh God, that may you forgive us. I pray, oh God, that may you have mercy over this nation. I pray, oh God, that let everybody turn away from their wicked ways. May they turn to you, O God, that you may heal the land. You say that if we pray, you say that if we turn away from our wicked ways, you say that if we humble ourselves, that you will hear from heaven. You will 
answer our prayer. You will heal the land. Today, Lord, we humble ourselves on behalf of this nation. We stand in the gap. On behalf of this nation, we cry out, forgive Kenya. Forgive Kenya. Forgive Kenya. Forgive the sins of Kenya. Forgive the iniquity of Kenya. Forgive, oh God, the wickedness of Kenya. In the name of Jesus, forgive, oh God, the corruption that you see in Kenya. Forgive, oh God, the injustices that are taking place in Kenya. Forgive, Lord. Forgive us for the blood that is crying out from the soil of Kenya. It is crying out for justice. It is innocent blood that is crying out from our soil, oh God. Forgive us, Lord, and heal our land in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we have seen, we have seen bad things taking place in this country. We have seen calamity taking place in this country. We have seen, oh God, earthquakes. We have seen famine. We have seen, oh God, things not going right in this country. Lord, I know as your servant, it's because of the blood that is crying, oh yes, out of our soil. It's because of the innocent blood that was spilled on the ground and is crying out for justice. Father, I pray today that may you forgive us. I pray today that may you extend your mercies. I pray, oh God, that may you forgive Kenya for shedding innocent blood in the name of Jesus. Forgive Kenya for all the wickedness. Yes, all the wickedness, the shedding of blood, all the wickedness. Forgive this nation in the name of Jesus. Have mercy, Lord. 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 Forgive us, oh God as believers for not taking our rightful places. Forgive us, oh God, for not taking our rightful places, for not standing on the gap and proclaiming the will of God and the purpose of God over this city. In the name of Jesus, we stand and we pray, oh God, have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus, have mercy on this nation. In the name of Jesus, forgive us, Lord, forgive us. Forgive our leaders. Oh, forgive our leaders for their wickedness. Forgive our leaders for their wickedness. Forgive their, our leaders for their evil, the things that they have done, the, 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 the works of darkness that they have engaged themselves in. We pray today that may you forgive our leaders in the name of Jesus, the costly mistakes that they have made that have plunged our nation into calamity, into famine, into dryness. We pray that may you forgive us for the sins of our leaders in the name of Jesus. Oh God, oh God, oh God, we pray. We pray, Lord, we pray, oh Lord, that this coming elections that you'll give us great leaders you'll give us leaders of integrity you'll give us leaders that love you you'll give us leaders that walk in your ways we we'll give us you'll give us leaders from your heart 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 we pray for leaders from your heart we pray for leaders from your heart jehovah god in the name of jesus from your heart we pray for leaders from your heart in the name of jesus we thank you father
We thank you, Father. Father, we cast out the works of darkness. We break every power of the enemy. We come against demons that have invaded our nation. Demons of violence. Demons of murder. Demons of confusion. Demons of disunity. Demons of tribalism. Negative tribalism. We break those demons. We break their power right now in the name of Jesus. Demons that don't love peace. Demons that don't love stability. Demons that are out to destabilize this nation. We break the power of those demons in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, yes, that may you spread your arms over this nation. I pray, oh God, that may you spread your wings over this nation and claim the territory of Kenya. 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 Claim every inch of the ground of this nation in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray, may you rule. May you rule over this nation. May you rule over this nation. May you rule over this nation. May you rule over this country in the name of Jesus. Have your way, have your way. 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 Move in every 40, in every county, all the 47 counties of this country in the name of Jesus. Move into the corridors of power right now in the name of Jesus. Influence the courts. Influence the judiciary. Influence oh God the executive. Influence the religious sector. Influence the business sector. Influence the education sector. Influence the media sector. In the name of Jesus. Let godliness fall on this nation like a huge blanket. In the name of Jesus. Let righteousness fall over this nation like a thick blanket in the name of Jesus. May a thick cloud of righteousness and holiness cover this nation in the name of Jesus. May the fear of God cover this nation like a thick cloud in Jesus' name. I pray, oh God, that may you have your way over this country. May you have your way over this nation. May you have your way over this uh, city of ours in the name of Jesus, we invite you, Lord. We invite you, Lord. We invite you, Lord, over this country, over this nation, in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And give us victory. And give us victory. And give us victory in the name of Jesus. And give us victory in the name of Jesus. We shall overcome. Righteousness will prevail. Holiness will prevail. Goodness and mercies will prevail. The fear of the Lord will prevail over this nation in the name of Jesus. Justice will prevail. Good governance will prevail. The worship of the true God will prevail over this nation in the name of Jesus Christ. We will see godliness flourishing. We will see churches flourishing. We will see the fear of God growing in this city, in this nation, in the name of Jesus. We will see God being worshipped in every corner, in every place, in the name of Jesus. We will see God being exalted in every corner, in every place, in the name of Jesus. We will see the power of God at work over this country. Country. We will see the grace of God at work over this nation in the name of Jesus. We will see a mighty revival taking place over this nation. Oh my God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for victories coming. Thank you, God, for victories being released over this country in the name of Jesus. Father, we believe it. Do you believe it, somebody? Father, we believe it. We believe that you're going to do it. We believe that you're going to do it. We believe that you're going to 
influence our elections. We believe that you're going to give us great leaders in the name of Jesus. We believe that you're going to give us godly leaders that are going to move this country to the next level in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare that you're going to influence. I declare that your influence is going to be felt rather in this election in the name of Jesus. Influence this election. Influence the leaders that you're going to choose that are going to lead this nation to the next level in the name of Jesus. I know and I pray that this country will not go back. This country will not plunge into chaos. This country will move forward. This country will prosper. This country will grow. This country will become a powerhouse in Africa in the name of Jesus. This country will become a great, great nation in Africa and in the whole world in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God, my God. Father, I believe you will influence. You will influence our coming elections. You will influence. You will influence. And at the end of it, oh God, we shall give you glory. At the end of it, oh God, we shall give you honor. At the end of it, we shall glorify your name. Yes, it will be you choosing people, not just us voting. It will be you choosing leaders, not just us voting. As we go to vote, Father, I know you will move upon the hearts of the people and you will choose the right people. Give us the right leaders. Give us the right leaders. Give us the right leaders who will move this country forward in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and we give you glory. We give you honor and we magnify your name. Receive the praise and receive the glory. Thank you, Father, for it is in Jesus' name that we pray and we all shout a big amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God will give us victory. Hallelujah. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe that God will give us victory? Yes, he will. He'll give us victory. Watch and see. Watch and see this election. Watch and see. Watch and see what God is going to do. He's going to do an amazing things. Get ready for surprises. Get ready for amazing things. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazu Techero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.